Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Shake Sales. I'm your host, Maggie Bloom, the sales evangelist at MailShake. And today we are speaking with Jennifer Glass, the CEO at Business Growth Strategies International. And she is the expert when it comes to using low or no cost strategies to dramatically increase opportunities. So I'm super excited for this episode, Jennifer, because with all this talks of things going on right now with like maybe layoffs or people having to do more with less and budgets are really tight. I think it's a really opportune time to talk about this. So thank you so much for being here. Do you mind taking some time to introduce yourself? Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me. And thank you all for listening, watching, checking in and being a fan of the show. So to introduce myself, um, as Maggie said, I'm the CEO and founder of Business Growth Strategies International. We're an award-winning agency, business growth coaching uh, entity, marketing firm, web development, payment processing company. And from all of the things that we do, it was all really built in a way to make our clients have more opportunities and really see a lot more growth. As Maggie said, with everything that's happening out there in the world, with the layoffs and with everything else that's going on, it's really important that we start looking at what can we really be doing to be making that difference in the world and how can we be helping our communities while we're doing it. And that's really why I do what I do, because I want to make our businesses better so that our communities get better and our nations get better as a result. Yeah, that's an amazing mission to live by, Jennifer, and probably something that motivates you to go into work every day and, and do the things that you're doing and helping the teams that you're helping out there. and. Like you said, especially in times like this, like all the strategies we're going to talk about today are helpful given any time period, but especially right now, because I don't know if people on this episode are definitely on LinkedIn. We're both on LinkedIn that you hear about people talking about cutting budgets or these LinkedIn updates on the side of layoffs and all these different things. So I want to take this, you know, just kind of first diving into this from a sales perspective. Um, because I see a lot of teams just in my own world and from this podcast too, of you know getting affected, whether that be layoffs or cutting budgets or cutting marketing budgets. So I guess like what's the most common theme that you see sales team you know leaving money on the table? So there's a couple of things actually with sales teams that they sometimes are great at and sometimes really bad at. Mm -hmm. And one of them is follow up. If you think about it. So many people, they'll go after somebody, they'll try reaching out to someone. And one of the things, did you reach them? I left a message. Well, did you reach them? No, I said I left a message. That's one of the problems, right? I mean, we start leaving messages. We start doing cold emails. And I know Mailshake is great at that. But in terms of what we're doing, when it comes to reaching out to people, we forget that not everybody is... First of all, in the market for what we do. Yeah. And secondly, when we call them, we're also asking stupid things. <laughs> As an example, is now a good time? I know I caught you off guard. Mm -hmm. You know, what is it that you're trying to do? You're trying to ultimately get me to at least answer a question for you. Mm -hmm. Get me to say something that is going to qualify me instead of like, I know this isn't a great, so you're already giving me the out. It's not a great mm -hmm. time. No, yeah. goodbye. I'm done. Right. Yeah. 
You want to actually get somebody to simply say, listen, I know that you aren't expecting my call, Mm -hmm. but can you just answer one question for me? Right. That one question should be that qualifying question. Mm -hmm. We are terrible then at the follow up after that. Right. Yeah. We know that on cold outreach, it can take 100 or more touches to get somebody to actually agree to talk with us. Very often, though, we'll do three, four, maybe touches, and then we consider the prospect lost. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the biggest problems that we have. That in time management, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> yeah, but I agree with you with the time management piece of it and the following up because it's like, okay, where are we as a sales team? Where are we spending our time? And if we are doing follow ups, is our follow up even worth it? Like, are we entering those phone calls or getting on the phone with people? And saying like, hey, are you busy? And are we really doubling down on skills? And I've talked about this with other people too. It's like, okay, and a lot of times I hear people, you know, they get new in times that are not like this, where they're in the middle of growth and they want to keep growing as a company. And it's like, instead of focusing on more training or coaching, they're like, okay, well, let's just hire four more people. And I'm like, well, that's why there's layoffs in this time. That's what I think personally and what I've seen with teams too. It's like, okay, well, we just kind of threw people at this problem that we had or threw people at growth when we really needed to double down and skill up our our already existing team. So do you see that happening with sales teams as well? Absolutely. I mean, one of the biggest things is that, you know, like you said, let's throw some stuff against the wall and see what sticks, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, can we put another five people on the sales team or four people like you said? Mm -hmm. And is that really going to make a difference? At the end of the day, what really is happening when you do that is you're taking the amount of prospects away from everyone else on the team. Yeah. And you're making more potential to ruin the brand reputation Mm -hmm. if it's not done correctly. One of the problems that we have, and too many people don't realize it, and I learned this at the very beginning when I formed my business, and I told one of my sales reps from the get-go, I said, listen, I don't want you to spend too much time on major deals. I want you to go for the small ones because the big ones is a long pipeline. Gotcha. Right. And I had no problem if he were to do that alongside me, but Mm -hmm. if he's earning commission, I don't want him struggling for six months, a year, two years on one deal because he's not going to be getting paid. And so that was one of the things I said. And when he totally disregarded what I said. And I told him specifically, I said, do not talk to this particular big box office chain. Yeah. And he told me he went and spoke to them. And I said, Jeff, thank you very much for telling me, but we're done here. Yeah. Because it's not his brand, his reputation. It's my brand, my reputation. Yeah. And so that's the problem with sales teams is that when we start going out there and we start not being clear on what it is that we're doing. Mm -hmm. The message to the market then is this isn't a company you want to do business with. Yeah. If they're unclear right now. Right. You know, so throwing four more people, 10 more people in the sales channel while you're trying to get there, what are you really giving in terms of the value? Yeah. And especially in the scenario you just gave it the example of Jeff, it's like, Yeah. If you do add more people to a sales team, then it comes like this scarcity mindset of, okay, well, these are my leads. And like, that doesn't really give good morale for the team. That's not really motivating. 
you also feel a bit scared in your own position too. Like I've been there as a sales rep in the past and yeah, it doesn't make for good impressions when you are talking to sales reps because their mindset is all coming from like, Hey, I need to close this deal because I don't have that many deals anymore because of the other people on our team. So yeah, definitely a detrimental thing and kind of coming from there. So I, yeah, I definitely agree with you there too. And I guess it goes from, yeah, now that we are in these times where teams are getting smaller, budgets are getting cut, like what should be the first thing teams should look to when, when this is happening? So there's a couple of things that teams should be looking at. One is helping your team really understand some of the low cost or no cost strategies that can really be making a difference. One of the things that way too often I see salespeople failing at is they don't have a downsell. If I am working, a downsell is if I, let me take a gym, a health club as an example, Mm -hmm. right? I may be selling an annual membership, right? And if I'm selling an annual membership, maybe it's, you know, $500, it's $1,000, whatever it is for the gym, right? But if I though say, what about, you know, let me take this out, let me take that out. And I offer something lower priced. So now it's $250 instead of $500. Hmm. Will the person now commit to joining? And all of a sudden, there's a much greater chance that they will. Part of the problem is there's hesitancy because we've been burnt by other people in the market before, yeah. right? We've all spoken with, you know, the um, payment processor. We've spoken with the utility company who promised a lower rate. We've spoken yeah. with the phone company who tells us it's going to be the exact same thing. And then something, you know, whatever. We know how that goes. Mm-hmm. And The problem is that we don't want to do things because change is one of the worst feelings. And it's something that unless there's something specific, like I have to move, why am I going to do it? Yeah. Right. You're not going to make me do it. So you need to give me a reason to at least dip my toe in the water with you. Right. Can you offer me a seven day membership instead of a full month? Right. Whatever it may be. So that I can try it and see what it's like. And then once I love it, now I become an ambassador, right? You delight me to the point I become an ambassador for you. And you got me because you gave, got me in at a lower rate. And you just had me buy up the Ascension ladder. And so when you're doing that, that's really one of the easy ways that you can bring people in. And the sales team can really be looking at that. The other thing is also looking at upsells and cross-sells, right? And look at your favorite fast food restaurant, Mm -hmm. right? Would you like fries with that? Or would you like to supersize your soda? Yeah. Right? Too many people forget that in business, Mm -hmm. right? It's not that we only have this one product, right? I only have a CRM. No, you don't only have a CRM. You have the implementation. You have the training. You have all the other things. How can you sell the CRM with more, right? Or how do you sell it where you also integrate into their accounting software and you integrate into this and you integrate into that and you become their outsourced IT provider, right? You're not just a CRM system. You're an IT system, right? You're an IT provider. 
And so when we realize how we change things, boom, many more markets open up. Mm, absolutely. And I think a lot of what you're saying, so downselling, upselling, cross-selling, I think that's where the importance of like, um, well, especially in, in, in MySpace, for example, and B2B um, software, where a lot of, um, you know, customer success teams are out there like, in charge of cross-selling down or not necessarily down-selling, but cross-selling, up-selling. Um, and I think that's where like a lot of us don't really put a ton of initiative into like, not necessarily that you have to teach a CS team how to do sales or be a salesperson, but at least have some, you know, tactics in there where like, if they say this or upselling a meal, like you said, at a fast food restaurant, things like that, where I feel like we kind of miss the mark with, and I've seen other teams miss the mark with this too. It's like, they put no effort or time or training into like, hey, how can we cross sell or how can we upsell? And it's just like completely taken off the table. Right. And it's also the art of listening. Mm -hmm. Right. Totally. It's not only listening to what is being spoken, it is listening to what is not being said. Yeah. Right. If you think about the old Abbott Costello skit, the who's on first. Yeah. Right? I went through. Years ago, I went through a training to be a volunteer with the New Jersey Judiciary. Mm -hmm. And as part of that uh, training, we had that skit and it was done because it's what are they saying and not saying. But in mm -hmm. sales, it's really important to be listening and watching the cues that the people are doing too, Yeah, right? Especially if we're face to face, whether it's on uh, Zoom, on Teams, it's in person. There's a lot of tells that people start doing because maybe they're not really comfortable, you know, and watching what they're doing and building rapport too is important. But what is it that they're saying and not saying? Because sometimes they're telling you, I don't like this, but you're not saying this is how my program can solve this problem. You're yeah. just like, you're so zoned in. I got to make the sale and I'm only going to pitch this. And this is how I was trained. So I'm not going to answer it this way. But if you can come at it from the back door, you can get much more of a sale too. Yeah. So listening verbal, nonverbal um, cues that they're giving during the conversation too. And I love that they did that exercise as well. And one thing that you mentioned that I always kind of get hung up on, because I, I had this professor in school that um, always talked about like focusing, like business needs to have like this, this core focus, small businesses or any type of businesses and then that's where I get confused just personally of like cross-selling and upselling, just like the example you gave with the CRM of maybe offering an IT side of that. Like, how do you find that perfect mix of like, okay, we want to offer other things, but we don't want to stretch ourselves way too thin where we're not able to keep up with, with, you know, this certain part or the IT side or the CRM side. So one of the things that you got to do is you need to survey your customer. Okay. And you need to understand what they're looking for at the point of purchase and at the point of using the whatever it is that you have. Yeah. A lot of us go out there and in the big companies, we look at the NPS, the Net Promoter Score. Mm -hmm. Do you like us? Will you recommend us to a yeah. friend? Sure. I'll give you an eight, nine, 10, whatever, you know, because the sales guy told me, Make sure when you get the survey, give me a five or, you know, a 10, you know, based on whatever that scale is. I love it when I, right. I go to the car dealership. They tell me all the time, make sure you rate us a five when yeah. you get the call. Always I'm like, there. sure. You know, <laughs> what if it wasn't? Yeah. Um, 
And I've actually gone in and I told them, I said, listen, I'm not going to wait or I'm not going to do the survey because of this. I don't want to hurt your ranking. And I know they get paid based on these surveys. Yeah. And if there's a problem, I'd rather them know so that they can resolve it rather than getting hurt by getting a bad score. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that we as companies need to be doing is we need to be looking really what is the pain point that we're solving. If all we're doing is, and let's use the CRM as an example. Yeah. Why is somebody getting a CRM? Maybe it's because they just went into business and they need something or they're switching from something else. For me, I left my old system to my new system because of GDPR. Okay. I've been after my old system for years. I said, I need you to be GDPR compliant. I have clients in Europe and I need to make sure that I'm compliant. Yeah. They never dealt with that. And I said, I'm not going to risk a fine. And so I needed to move. But if I'm already in business, maybe there's something that I still need that was part of that CRM that isn't there, right? Like, is it the connection of the email marketing? Is it the connection of how do I bring in and not just have it as a CRM, but have as an Mm -hmm. ERP? right? An enterprise resource platform Mm -hmm. that I can now have that really runs my entire business. It's not just customer information. So there's a lot there that you can look at when you really understand what your customer is trying to do and how many different tools are there. We know that there's Zapier and Pabbly and those kinds of services that bring in third-party tools. But what is it that we're really doing In terms of that, now, if you ask your client base, what are you using it for? And are you using any of those third-party APIs? Yeah. Now you can start getting more information and you can start growing in terms of where you're trying to reach to be more things. And again, it's growing organically and naturally connected to your core. It's not going outside of that. Got it. I love that. And taking the example from Zapier, because even in our own company at Mailshake, uh, I've been here where it used to be a Zapier integration, and then we came up with like that type of native integration because so many people had it. Or we came up with something that would be complementary or something that people typically would connect Zapier with. We just created it in our own software um, from that data of like, okay, this is how many customers actually connect this. So it's pretty vital that we have that in there. Um, but awesome. Yeah, still having that clear direction of your business. And also, yeah, just listening to the customers and what they need or their leads of what's coming in there too. I love it. I love it. Well, we have time for one last question here, which I know a lot of what you talk about here is low cost or no cost strategies. So I guess what are three ways a marketing team could use low or no cost strategies to increase opportunities? And thank you for that. So one of them is really looking at joint ventures and strategic partnerships. Right. Way too often we forget about those. We're out there. We're trying to generate leads, talking to everybody, talking to nobody. Right. If we're looking at strategic partnerships, who else is at the table that is talking to the exact people that we want to be working with? For me, I'm looking at accounts, attorneys, web developers, people along those lines all the time because I know they're talking to my ideal client. 
Yeah. When I know exactly who I need to speak to, all of a sudden it becomes a lot easier to create sure. those relationships. But then it's also managing the relationship. It's not just enough to create it. You need to be top of mind and being, as one of my friends calls it, a champion in yeah. that process, not just a when I have time kind of process. Mm -hmm. So when they know exactly what it is, that's important. Another thing is, how do you train everybody to ask for referrals? It's not just saying, do you know somebody that needs my services? You're giving yeah. me way too many opportunities to say no. Right? Work. Mm -hmm. It's too much work, but it's also, you know what? I don't want to give a referral. It's not, you know, whatever. I just don't feel comfortable. But yeah. if you position it after a win, after a good interaction that we had, and you say, listen, Maggie, I just was working with you to solve X, Y, and Z problem. When you know people that are facing similar problems, please connect them. You see how it completely shifts the way. Do you know people to when you have X, Y, and Z? Because inevitably you're going to know people that have X, Y, and Z, For sure. right? Like if I'm trying to reach people and as an example, I want to go do cold email outreach. Yeah. Okay. So that's where a mail shake can really be helpful. How do you now connect me when you've got that? Well, sure. I can go to constant contact. I can go to MailChimp or whatever, but they don't like the cold outreach. Yeah. Right. Now, how are you going to make all of that happen? So when you know X, Y, and Z, that's where you can come here. Mm. And so all of a sudden things become dramatically different. And that's another way that marketing can really be working with the sales team and everyone else to really be making that difference. And then it's also looking at, you know, and again, marketing is sometimes in charge of price, sometimes it's accounting, yeah. you know, but understanding where that line is, the pricing and the profitability is really going to be important. And knowing that the sales team is driven by that, right? I got to sell it at this cost in order to make something. Everyone has to understand where that all comes in. So you understand the acquisition costs. When everybody is clear, everybody else can win. Got it. Got it. So partnership network, actually, you know, training on how to do referrals and then, yeah, just being clear all around and pricing and where things should be priced at. And you're talking specifically about like negotiation when sales comes in there and starts having those conversations, right? It's not just when sales are coming okay. in. It is understanding also the price requirement. One of the things, and we've been living over the last several years in a hyperinflationary market. Yeah. I said as soon as the first batch of stimulus funds were released during the pandemic, I said, just wait until bread is $7 low. Yeah. Well, it happened. Um, but when you look, though, at where we are, mm -hmm. if we're not paying attention to our costs, yeah, we need to understand that, too. And so sometimes it is when the sales team is going in negotiating. Sometimes it is also, though, understanding really our profitability needs to be at this point, right? If we're trying to maintain a 30, 40 percent margin, we need to really understand what that is. And so whether it's marketing that's doing it or it's accounting, again, depending on the size of the business, if you're a smaller business, it's probably going to be Everyone. you. <laughs> yeah, right? you. So 
you know, understanding that though is really going to be important. And too many people really don't have a good understanding. They simply look at the bank account. Oh, I've got this in the bank. I'm good. Yeah. And I think I've worked at, at in sales at a funded company and Mailshake is bootstrapped. And I think like I've seen some differences in the decisions that we make and where we price ourselves at just from those two companies alone and how those decisions are made. And I think that's what can get us into some trouble when we do come from funded companies. It's totally fine to, to get funding from people, but really making sure like, okay, well, are we actually having ROI on every single sale that we have or how everything is priced or how we upsell? Um, and it seems so simple, Jennifer, but you're right because there's a lot of companies that this has happened to and they could be running into trouble right now um, You know, with the things that they're going through. Absolutely. I mean, how many times, especially if you watch certain shows on TV, as an example, mm -hmm. Shark Tank, and they yeah. ask, how much did you lose last year? Yeah. Yeah. I lost 500,000. I lost a million. And it's so easy just to say, I lost, you know, so much money. Mm -hmm. But to a normal business, if you lost that much money, how are you putting food on your table? Yeah. And that's where, like you said, what is the ROI on each sale? Instead of just saying so cavalier, yeah, we lost a million and a half dollars last year. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think maybe it's like one of those exercises, you know, when you do like a gratitude journal, if you write things out, you start or, you know, an affirmations journal. It's like if you start writing out like, hey, I lost this much money, maybe it'll start coming to fruition for, for anyone out there. But no, Jennifer, thank you so, so much for going through, you know, those tactics today about no and low cost strategies and just giving your perspective with with all your experience in business. I really, really appreciate it. And just to end the episode, you know, where can people learn a little bit more about you, Jennifer? So thank you again for having me, Maggie, and for everybody who's been listening and watching. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, um, Jennifer R. Glass on LinkedIn. And you can find me um, at bgsicoaching.com. Again, that's B as in business, G as in growth, S as in strategies, I as in international, coaching.com. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so, so much, Jennifer. And thank you everyone for listening to another episode of Shake Sales. We'll catch you next time. Bye.